Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today, we have a special guest with us who I think you will find to be extremely knowledgeable when it comes to financial aspects of our business. Charles Reed is a certified public accountant or CPA. He's a U.S. tax court practitioner. He's a member of the Internal Revenue Service Advisory Council and the founder of Get Payroll. Charles's companies have provided full service payroll services, payroll tax services, and other payroll-related services since 1991. Charles is the author of four books, with the latest one being The Payroll Book, a guide for small businesses and startups. He's done over 400 media appearances, including Fox News, Forbes, and The Huffington Post. Welcome, Charles. We appreciate you joining us. And it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. So, Charles, let's get this party started by a very big and broad question. How do I find the right CPA for my business, especially one who won't have any tax surprises when it comes time to file our annual taxes? Not a problem, man. It's it's a question that my potential clients ask me all the time. Are, are you the right CPA for us? And you find the right CPA, first of all, from your friends and business associates that use a CPA. Uh, if they've never been surprised, uh, if things have turned out well for them over and over, they probably will for you. So references are a very good thing. But you should look for a CPA that understands your business. As a CPA, and I've been one now for, oh, well over 40 years, there's areas that I don't deal with. I'm not qualified. I didn't study them. I don't keep current on them. Uh, if you want to talk about international transfer pricing, uh, I'm going to send you to Price Waterhouse in all probability. If you want to deal with heavily into uh, oil and gas revenue, I'm going to send you to a specialist in that. That's not what I do, and I won't do you a good job. Now, when I was a young CPA, I'd take on any client that I thought might pay me, and that's a mistake. I don't do that any longer. Uh, my practice now is employment taxes. So if you're looking for a CPA to help you with employment taxes, particularly when you talk to a service bureau uh, or a payroll provider, see if they have a CPA that can talk to you. Most of my competitors don't have professionals that will talk to you. They may happen to do their own accounting and their own taxes, but they don't have them available for clients to talk to. So that's one of the big things in employment tax is to make sure that you have a professional in the business that's available for you to talk to. In our firm, not only do we have a CPA, but I'm also a U.S. tax court practitioner, which means I can represent my clients in U.S. tax court without being an attorney and without charging an attorney's fees. So and that's just included in our payroll services. So that's that's some things references and then talk to them. See what your expectations are. See what theirs are. Makes total sense. When you're talking about employment taxes, here's my next question for you. What are the top tips that will help us avoid employment tax penalties? Well, if you don't know, 
then you don't know what you don't know. So the first thing to do is make sure you know what taxes you're subject to. Uh, you can go to the uh, IRS, you can go to your state employment department, labor department, whatever it's called in your state, and your state revenue department. And those three agencies will give you a lot of the information. So you need to know what you need to file and deposit and when you need to do it. Now, the biggest source of penalties and the IRS in fiscal 19 before COVID issued $13 billion in fiscal 19 of employment tax penalties. Uh, many billions were abated by people like me who knew what they were doing because the IRS makes millions of mistakes every year. But once you know what you have to do, the biggest source of penalties is arithmetic errors. So make sure your arithmetic is right. Uh, use a computer, use a calculator, don't do it by hand. Hell, I use a calculator and I've been doing this stuff for 50 years. I use computers for almost all of it. Uh, so make sure your arithmetic is right. Know what you need to file and file it. Know what you need to deposit for taxes and deposit it. Know when you have to file and file it on time. Know when you have to deposit and deposit it on time. Those five things will solve about 95% of your penalties. Now the other 5%, as I said, the IRS makes millions of mistakes. You will get letters that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. It will accuse you of not doing things, done th doing things wrong, not having made deposits, not having filed forms and so on. When you get a letter like that, always answer it. And if you get the same letter two weeks later, answer it again. Even if it's the exact same letter, always respond to every question and every correspondence from the state or from the Internal Revenue Service. Because if you don't, there may be one that catches you and you lose appeal rights and or the rights at all if you don't respond to it. So be careful about that. When you get a notice, read it carefully. If in fact it says you didn't make this deposit and you did, put together the proof and send it to them. If they accuse you of making some sort of error that you didn't make, appeal it. The IRS has multiple levels of appeal. And if they hit you with a penalty and it's not something where you can just show a receipt, then if you write a letter saying, no, this didn't happen, this was wrong, whatever, they won't abate it on the first letter. It takes at least three and it may take a dozen. You have to go through various levels of appeals. So it's like sales, appeal, 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 appeal. And it's a whole series of no's followed by a single yes. And when somebody in the chain of appeal says, yeah, okay, say thank you very much and, and leave them alone and go away. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. You know, speaking about that, I mean, that's really why you've got to have a really good or the right CPA on your team so that you don't have to really maneuver all of these things. And for example, when you're talking about getting a notice from the IRS about a penalty, I got one that said I owed more money and I gave it to my CPA and said, what's this about? And she said, don't worry, I'll appeal it. And they ended up owing me more money. So Absolutely. you're right. The, I, 
The IRS makes millions of mistakes. And the analogy I use in dealing with this and why I suggest payroll be outsourced to a company with a CPA. And as a CPA, I take a 2848 power of attorney on every client, which allows me to talk to and advocate for my clients to the IRS, just like your CPA. But the analogy I use is when I grew up, Pele was the world's best soccer player, maybe the best soccer player of all time. Wonderful athlete, still alive. But if you took Pele and put him in a New York Yankees uniform at second base, he would be absolutely lost. Doesn't know the game, doesn't know the arena, doesn't know the rules, doesn't know the players, picking up the ball with your hands, you know, that's, that's just not what you do. So when you take an entrepreneur, a businessman, who's good at what they do, they take care of their clients, they make a nice living, they do what needs to be done, and you say, now deal with the Internal Revenue Service. They're Pele at second base. They have no idea what to do. They have no experience at it. And it's they're great business people, but they're not trained to deal with the IRS. That's why you need somebody on your side, a CPA that deals with those things, so they can handle them for you. Would it be prudent then to have, quote, kind of a, regular CPA and then another CPA who really deals with more the payroll, the employment and all that. So they somewhat work together. Is that feasible? It, it is. And that's why as a CPA with a payroll company, and that's basically all I do is payroll and payroll related things anymore. Many of my competitors, if you have a problem and you need a CPA, you call them, they'll tell you to talk to your own CPA. Well, if your own CPA was an expert in employment taxes, he'd probably be doing your payroll already. So you're now going to have to go pay him to figure out what's going on in the employment tax area, which is not his area of expertise. Now, if you've outsourced your payroll to someone like Get Payroll that has CPAs on staff that deal with employment tax issues day in and day out, this is what you know. I do for a living, so I'm an expert at it. I write books on it. I've been on the IRS Advisory Council. I do webinars on it. I write articles on it. If you have a service bureau, a payroll provider that has that kind of expertise, then they can solve those problems for you without, and they can work with your current CPA to make sure everything works, and we do that all the time. And I have CPAs that call me and say, Charles, what do we need to do about this? Even though I'm not doing their payroll, I'm a CPA and I know I'm their friends. And so I give them advice because that's my area of expertise. So I'm really curious. I'd like you to take just a couple of minutes and <clears throat> talk about the 45S, which is the hidden tax credit for paid time off. Sure. If your business is not subject to the Family Medical Leave Act, which if you're over 50 full-time employees uh, or 50 full-time employee equivalents, you have to give them time off and you have to pay for it. Now, if you're not subject to that, so you don't have to give them you know, time off and guarantee their job and all these other things, but you do for an FMLA reason, such as they're sick, a family member's sick, they're doing an adoption. And frankly, I include just, they need a mental health day. I mean, you know, 
They, they take the day off because they're stressed out. If you give them paid time off for that, the IRS will give you, under most circumstances, a tax credit of 25% of what you pay. So if you give Joe the day off and, and pay him $100, the IRS will give you a credit of $25 off your next employment tax return. Now, you have to have a policy in place. They can't make over $70,000. They have to work full time. And if you've got those things, and that's most of your employees, then if you give paid time off, a lot of it will be available as 45S pay, and you can get a tax credit. So if you don't know about that, you need to talk to somebody and get it set up, because it's just a matter of writing a policy, putting your policy manual, and then tracking it. We track it for all of our clients. Anytime there's time off, we're asking, is it 45S time off? And if it is, then they get a tax credit and we prepare a form at the end of the year to give to their CPA who's filing their corporate taxes or their personal taxes, because even if you're a sole proprietor, you can take this credit. And if you're an S-Corp, you take it on your corporate return and it flows through to your personal return. So this is something that a lot of people don't know. We've touted it to our clients for years and continue to because nobody really talks about it but it is free money. If you give paid time off, it's free money. Now, if it's a vacation, you don't get it. But if it's sick days, mental health days, taking care of family, taking care of kids, boom, you get a tax credit. Love that. <laughs> I think most people <laughs> will love that and be looking towards their CPA <clears throat> to figure that out for them. Absolutely, they should. And if they've got any questions, have them call me. That sounds great. So how do we stop overpaying our employees legally? Well, you need to, you know, wage theft is, is, a, is a big issue, and you've got to be very careful about that. But there is no reason to overpay people. One of the big things is timekeeping. The estimate is if you don't have a time clock in place, you're probably wasting 10% of what you're paying your employees. Now, this is truer in, in factory settings, but it's true in offices, in banks, anywhere. We had a client that was a, a medical operation that was an imaging center. And I talked to the executive there about this and because their time clock was in the back corridor where the people came in and out and it wasn't monitored. And I said, you need to put in a biometric clock. And she says, nah, we don't need to do that. And I said, okay, let's put a camera looking at the clock, just a little hidden camera up in the, in the ceiling for a week and see what happens. Well, at the end of the week, she fired three people because they were buddy punching, which means they're punching in other people in or out that aren't there or have already left. So she was paying for time that wasn't being worked because she wasn't monitoring the time clock. And a biometric, you know, it's harder to fool. You've got to be there to, to, to punch in. So that kind of thing, controlling your clock, controlling the timekeeping, putting in biometric clocks, uh, all this kind of thing. And it's gotten much more difficult with remote. But there are systems where if you have remote employees, you're tracking if they're on the computer, you're tracking if they're doing their work, 
And if, they, if they're off that computer for more than three or four minutes or whatever you set, it times them off and stops paying them. So you need to be aware of what's going on and you need to make sure that, you know, your people are really working the time that you're paying them for because we know human nature and there'll be somebody, uh, I guarantee you, that, that wants to, to cheat the time clock and doesn't really feel bad about doing so. And human nature being what it is, they'll do it. And you could be losing 10% of your wages are just thrown away. Is there a way for us to then, speaking about virtually, track not only how much time they're on the computer, but exactly what they're doing, like is it, as it relates to your firm versus playing games or doing something else? Ab absolutely. You can put keystroke trackers and you can put a screen capture as part of the software that you put on their computer for you, and it will track every keystroke and every screenshot. So you can see exactly what they're doing and you can, you know, audit that periodically, look at things and see if, if they're have the solitaire game up. Okay. During working hours that you're paying for. Obviously that, you know, they can turn that off and should be able to. So when they're on their own time, you're not tracking them uh, and that's appropriate. But if they turn it off, they don't get paid. And if they don't turn it back on when they start working, they don't, they don't, they're not working and they don't get paid. So yeah, there are ways to do it. There's lots of sophisticated software and more so every day as the remote workforce and the hybrid workforce are becoming part of our existence now. Yeah, absolutely. When we're reevaluating our business structure, you talked about, you know, solopreneur versus an LLC or whatever, however we set our business up. Because there's always new tax laws or t tax benefits and things like that, how would we best know what business entity we should be based on tax benefits or tax savings? I think that's extremely important. In fact, the first chapter in my newest book, The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Businesses and Startups, is about entity selection. Because it is extremely important from a payroll point of view what entity you select and what the rules are and the pluses and minuses. So the book, which is available at Amazon and on my website or things like it, and there's not much out there like it. But uh, again, you need to look at that talk as you set up your entity, talk to your attorney and talk to your CPA. They have different aspects. Your attorney can talk about the legal and the liability aspects because for instance, a corporation provides much, much, much better liability protection than does a sole proprietor. But they probably won't be able to talk to you unless they're a tax attorney about the tax aspects of each of the entities. So talk to your CPA. He should be able to explain to you the difference between an S corp and a C corp, between an, an LLC, whether it's a single member or multi-member. And that may be important if you're married and in a community property state, a sole proprietor and a partnership, which is probably the most disadvantaged of all tax entities. So those are things that, that your CPA can discuss with you. And the entity and you and your business and what you're doing, my, my standard selection is an S-Corp, but it's not always right for a particular client and circumstances. So you need to talk to an expert and see what's best for you. Okay, great. 
let's talk just briefly about payroll as it relates to the crypto nuances in today's world. Well, obviously, there's a lot of people, particularly those under 40, who are interested in cryptocurrency. They're not going to go away. So we were looking at that and we thought it would be valuable for our clients to be able to pay their interested employees partially in crypto. So we have set up both a crypto savings using NYDIG, which allows a, an employee to send part of his payroll to crypto, uh, Bitcoin cold storage, where it's kept and it's in, in, you know, it's secure. Or we have another one where an employee can turn part of his payroll and go to a, another firm that we're associated with and select multiple cryptos and have a wallet and then use that rather than just savings, use that for his crypto purposes and move it around and do what he wants. So we have both of those options. The first option, the employer pays for it and there's no cost to the employee. The second one, there's no cost to the employer, but the employee uh, incurs crypto fees in moving it into crypto and moving it out, just like any time you deal with a, a, a crypto exchange. And that's really a cool nuance that your team is really well versed at. Yes, we, we've gotten into this and we're having a lot of fun with it. Uh, we test it out. My pay, part of my payroll goes to both of these just to make sure it works. And so we know exactly what's going on. We researched these people very thoroughly to make sure and vetted them to make sure that they, they weren't gonna go away as some of the crypto operations have uh, recently. But we felt that for employers that are employing younger people particularly, that are interested in this, it's an employee benefit that the employer can offer to help attract people that doesn't necessarily cost them anything. So it's a way to add an additional employee benefit. And in this day and age, finding good people is tough, as we all know. So this is just one more arrow in that uh, quiver to help you attract good people. Yeah, it definitely could be an added advantage when looking for people, especially the younger people who could be super technically competent in helping our business grow, that that might be an incentive for them to come on board with you. Absolutely. That, that was our thought. We are the first of the service bureaus to do this. And as far as I know, at the moment, the only one. I'm sure there'll be others down the line. But at the moment, uh, if you'd like your employees partially paid in crypto, or they would, give us a call. That sounds great. And in order to get in touch with you, Charles, what's the best way to do that? We're all over the web at getpayroll.com. My personal email is cjr at getpayroll. And if they've got something that's really, they need an answer now, 972-353-0000, ask for Charles. Wow, that's great. Really appreciate you giving out your personal information. If we want to get general information, I know your website is a wealth of knowledge and also your newest book as well. So if they just go to getpayroll.com, they can get your book, look at all the services, get great information. I think you have videos and all kinds of other great content there for them to learn. Yeah, we've got we've got lots of content. We're all we've got a whole YouTube channel now. We've got some fun videos, you know, we've got a Godfather parody and 
2000, uh, we have a, a, our new one is a Star Wars parody, but we have a lot of educational videos out there as well. So there's, there's a wealth of things. Our, our newest series is Charlie the Bartender talking about payroll, and I'm Charlie. <laughs> you're Charlie there, but you go by Charles here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't go by Charlie, but Charles the Bartender didn't sound. That, that'll be the next one where it's upscale and he's a sommelier. <laughs> He'll be Charles then. That sounds good. I'll look forward to seeing that one. <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing your very valuable time with us, Charles, and all of your great insight and ideas and things that we should be aware of that perhaps we aren't or our CPA isn't aware of that we can now inform them to be aware of to see if we can take advantage of some of these special programs that are available. When they go to your website, they'll get some such good answers and good information and otherwise they have your email and phone number if they need more than that. Absolutely. Well my hope for our time together with Charles is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries and, of course, at accountabilitycoach.com. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And always aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day today and every day. I appreciate you listening.